Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Laura Canfield Show, the Awaken to Happiness Now Global Series. Thank you so much for being here with us today. And today, our guest is Elizabeth Wood. She's back with us um, today, and we're excited because we're going to be talking about, and I love this, using fear and panic to our advantage. I love using whatever's going on to our advantage. So we're going to be talking about that and more. We're going to be talking about, you know, what fear, panic, and despair really are trying to show you how to use them to create more connection and light in your life, why this seems so totally overwhelming right now, more than ever before. So we're going to talk about the energies and what's going on on the planet right now with Elizabeth. And for those of you who don't know Elizabeth, she's been on our show several times before, and we're always so glad that she's back with us. She's considered a world-class seer. She works on the cutting edge of galactic and quantum anthropology. She's had a lifelong ability to see into all dimensions. And with this gift, she enjoys combining a scientific approach with spiritual human experience. And her theoretical and psychic work has helped people all over the world. She's often called Living Library Oracle and Wayshore. So Elizabeth studies and teaches about futurism, natural health, quantum healing, quantum anthropology, galactic consciousness, and ancient wisdom. She has two science degrees, including a master's in applied anthropology. Her philosophies and practices bridge science and spirituality to support real change in the world. And that's what it's about. How can, you know, whatever's going on right now, how can we be supported in the real world, right? Because there's so much happening and there's so much going on and there's so much stuff in the media, you know. And so, Elizabeth, I'm so glad you're here to clear things up for us and maybe give us a different um, point of view and perspective on what is happening and how we can use that to our advantage. I love that topic. Uh, me too. So welcome. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Nice to be here again. Hi, family. So, okay, let's start there. Let's start with what the heck's going on. <laughs> yes, let's start there. What is going on? Because, you know, like we hear so much in the media and, you know, to be honest, a lot of what's in the media is not real. It's not true. It's false. Yes. So, you know, and I, I don't want to like, you know, create more fear and all that stuff. But, you know, I just want to say, don't believe everything you hear out there. <laughs> no, and it's all about finding out how to discern this truth for yourself mm -hmm. and to trust your body and yourself to be able to determine these things, right? So let me give you the vantage point that's the esoteric vantage point. What exactly is going on? Why is the media lying? Mm -hmm. <laughs> what is up with all this fear? What is going on with this fear of a virus? Um, what's really happening in human consciousness? What's going on with the earth? They're all related. It's all, of course, working together. But what is really hard for us to perceive, unless you have the blessing of that vantage point, which I'm going to give you, is that the energetics are actually all perfect. Mm -hmm. That it's all perfect. That that the media lying and and dark plans or pandemics or whatever they are that that's perfect it's perfect for consciousness i'm going to blow up a lot of our beliefs about polarities today polarities are really useful they're handy we need them to evolve and learn and we're going to use them as stepping stones into oneness awesome but i have really good news I have good news and this comes from, and I'm really glad it happened today. I just got out of a meeting of mystics, which is so fun. 
and we all got together with my teacher, Lucia Renee. We sat in a circle in one mind, this group of women, and we took a look at what's really going on. So this is just two hours ago. We have this fresh information about right now, not yesterday, now. Mm -hmm. So right now, what I perceived is my job as a seer is to be able to see it and interpret it to give it to you and then you get to decide, is this true? So as I talked about this, I'd like you to tap in, not with your brain, but your heart and your gut to what I'm saying. What happened is that at the January shift from winter solstice into 2020, the divine mother, the presence of all that is, touched the heart of the earth. And they're one. The Divine Mother is all facets of the Divine Feminine. As is all the Divine Masculine is all facets of the Divine Masculine. And we hold both within our consciousness, of course. But the reason why Divine Mother coming in particular is so important is because she has an intimate relationship with the very deeply feminine Mother Earth. And so she touched the heart of the earth and it opened up like a beautiful jewel box to reveal the original experiment and consciousness. All these different beings were given a beautiful invitation from pure, pure love at the original and statement of this experiment and consciousness on this planet. All these beings, all the 12 star families and beyond were offered an opportunity for love. And they gave back care packages of what they had learned about truth and love in order to enrich the experiment on this planet. And that's what the jewel box opened up, the original template the original blueprint of the experiment in consciousness, then it gets to move up from the heart of the earth. And during the winter solstice, that particular alignment is such a wonderful opening. It's a window, it's a portal, or it's a gate. That opened up that experiment to then take its position as the new foundation for our continued experiment. And what this has done is it's literally been from the ground up. And, and I mean, literally from the ground up, it's gently started to take over the human experience. And each of us are experiencing this in different ways. So I'll give myself as an example, being in a feminine body this time, and I've had lots of masculine lifetimes, but in this particular embodiment, what's that sort of, trickled upwards or percolated upwards it hit my power center the root and so in the feminine body the power center is the root in the masculine body it's the heart and you guys are it's coming for you <laughs> it's coming it's going to hit the feminine heart too but it's hit the power center of the feminine first and it's forced all the ego and all the trauma and all the density all darkness is is consciousness under pressure it's forced all of that upwards into our consciousness. 
And so what has happened since January? It's been this big, giant wave of fear, panic. All of these things are occurring. It's a wave that's being pushed from the bottom upwards into consciousness so that we're aware of it. We have been aware of it through our triggers and reactions until now. Now, any trigger or reaction, it's like you're gone fishing and it's you pull out all the trash bags related to that trigger, not just one at a time anymore. It's all of them. So let me give you an example. Around January, I started to realize that I hadn't dealt with all the worthlessness I'd been maintaining in my root. So I decided to examine it very systematically like I always do, going into the density, going into the darkness, the feelings of worthlessness, the terror, the agony of suffering that I'd been holding in my power center. And that for men especially, they tend to hold this. So I'm speaking to the masculine too simultaneously. Men tend to hold it in their body, hold their pain and their suffering very intensely. So all this forced all of this density up for me and it was so incredibly overwhelming. It was all of the worthlessness I'd ever experienced and all my lineage's worthlessness too. Because we're not just dealing with our own trash bags. We're dealing with half a million years worth of our lineage's trash bags blocking our ability to access what the human body is capable of accessing, which is all those 12 rooms in the house, all the dimensions, all the dimensions at once. That's what our birthright is. That's what we're getting back to. But this is a serious amount of work. We've got this beautiful blessing, however, of the purest, most intense, most powerful, on-fire love there is. On-fire love. Forcing all of that energy and all that density and all that worthlessness to the surface from the ground up. So what is this panic really? It's not from a pandemic. That's what it looks like on the surface. What the pandemic or the lockdowns have done is they actually have revealed, they've given us a chance to get really massively triggered, which is excellent. It's excellent. It's really good for us to get triggered in reaction because that's going to show us immediately where the next dense stuff is for us to unravel. So all this was happening and I fell back onto my training because of desperation because I hit rock bottom more than once and it feels like you're dying. It feels like agony because this love is so pure. It's so bright that it burns. It feels almost like a, a burning to some people. For me, it definitely felt like death or close to it, right? To the point where you're like, it's going to either be my ego or me. Somebody's got to go. <laughs> it's going to be my trauma or me. And for a lot of people, my friends, that's exactly what's happened. And some of them have said, it's going to be me. And they've checked out. So, but that's always happened. There's been waves of checkouts along the way. And then folks, you know, they might learn from that life and then come back and do more work. So here we are at this point in time 
where it's happening to all of us all at once. It's no longer that it's going to be an individual experience. And what the outcome is, is it's forcing all this trauma to be revealed so we can welcome it, so we can get to know it, so we can understand it and even be in wonder around our own suffering, in wonder of it, because it's simply there for learning. It can't hurt your soul. Suffering cannot hurt your soul. So as we welcome all of this, it's going to allow our gut mind, our heart mind, and our brain mind and our third eyes to all connect. What the outcome will be if all of us can hang through this and allow it, we're gonna find the purging of more trauma and more lineage trauma and more ego all at once now than any other time than we've ever seen on this planet, ever. And so the plan is perfect. Even the dark plans have actually helped <laughs> this occur. It's amazing. It's so divine and refined and impressive how this has worked. And so the outcome, I want to give you that glimpse of this possible outcome. If we're willing to use the panic and the pain and the suffering right now, if we're willing to walk into it and use it to fully embody the learning this time, and not just our own, the learning of our ancestors too, half a million years of learning. If, if you've ever wanted to know right now or ever wanted to know in your life, here is the chance for you to fully know without boundaries. And there's, of course, going to be one, one mind. It's going to be a psychic one mind. 5G is nothing in comparison to what humans are capable of attaining psychically, which is the real internet. It's already been there, but now it'll be revealed in incredible blinding clarity. That will be one mind, one heart. We'll be able to feel each other. It's already happening. All these empaths, and many of you are collective empaths. You're talking about it. I get, I get the honor of doing tons and tons of sessions all the time with people and getting to tap into that. Everyone's feeling one another in ways they never did before. And we had to be able to do that to come into, of course, the one body. So one mind, one heart, one body. We are one species. If there's anything any virus or bacteria will teach us, it is that we are one species in actuality. And it's the end of the isms and the other and the racism. It's the end of all of that. If we're willing to face all of this trash that wants to be revealed, Anything that's dark or dense, again, it's all made of light. And that light is information and power. It's knowledge. It's wisdom. It's connection to source. So with all of this, this is occurring. It's, it's still moving up right now. I feel it sort of hit the solar plexus. It's slow. It's like, a, it's like we're gently dipping ourselves into a very, very hot bath. And it's going to hit the heart center next and then the masculine's going to open up and my husband's a great guinea pig for this kind of stuff because usually stuff if something happens to the masculine i'll see it happen with him first and then it'll happen to all these other men in in my life 
whether they're their clients or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so just yesterday, Alara, um, he's sitting on the couch and he suddenly bursts into tears. Never seen him do that. Out of like the blue. That, yeah, out of the blue, he bursts into tears. And right. I'm like, are you okay? And he's like, it's all lies. He just, it just blinding clarity. He's like, they're all lying. Cause he's talking about. I said the same thing to my husband today. He was in the other room and I could hear him like deep sighs. You know, I was like, yeah. are you okay? And he, he said this, he said the exact same thing. He's like, oh my God, what are they telling us? This is ridiculous. This is, I mean, it was like, okay. So I, at least, I, you know, phys- physically he's fine. Yes. He's like, okay, good, cool. <laughs> yes, <laughs> <It's okay. yeah. laughs> and so the men, um, this is going to force them into blinding clarity, of course. Yeah. And, yeah. and if, again, if there is resistance, resistance is the number one thing in our way at the moment. If you resist this, this fire, mm-hmm. and, and this, the ancient seers saw this, and they, they called it the holy fire. They called it fire and brimstone. This, this was coming. They knew it. And that's how it feels. It feels like a burning or a, a purging and it's painful. It can be agonizing if you resist it. Mm-hmm. And what that fire is, it's that pure, pure love. And wow. it's not any other love we've ever experienced. And this is going to open up the masculine heart. And many men have already been noticing this and doing it and finding all the layers and the armor they're wearing need to be burned away. It really is quite painful. Um, and I've watched my husband um, recently. He was laying on the ground crying, when, which was like the second time I've seen him cry. So this has all been quite recent. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, are you, again, are you okay? And he looks at me, he's like, no, I am not okay. My heart, my heart hurts. I need help. Mm-hmm. And he hasn't actually, he rarely asks me for help. And I have unattached myself from his outcomes. So I have always told him, I'm here for you if you need help, but you just got to ask. Yeah. So he asked and he, he asked myself and his two daughters, our, our two daughters who are three and five to sit with him with our hands on his heart and ask for his lineage and himself to be healed. And he named the things he needed to have healed. And then we replaced it with light, but it was so profound to witness this and and see him open up to what's next for the masculine, which is their heart field, being able to help manifest new earth. We're going to manifest this one mind, one heart, one gut, one body experience. And it's going to take, of course, both teams, the masculine and feminine teams who are here yeah. and, yeah. and everybody in between. So, this is happening to the masculine. And so we're going to watch this and then it's going to hit the throat eventually for all of us. So then any, any trauma around not being heard, any trauma around not being understood, it's got to go so that you can speak from the heart and be heard and be understood. It's also the coming online of an incredible amount of skill sets. Every, every person I'm talking, to lately has some incredible skill sets coming on and they're kind of confused about it because it's happened so fast and if they're willing to 
go into the fear, if they're willing to go into the panic and into any other triggers that are revealing all the trash bags around them, keeping them from having access to dimensions. And if they're willing to, they're going to find these skill sets are coming online really quickly and that it's easy because they'll remember how to do them. They'll remember how to use them. The reason why you'll remember more is the same reason why any trash bags ought to really be focused on why fear is pointing to the next big trash bag for you to release and, and get to know so it can be unraveled mm -hmm. is that when you do that, not only do you get access to all dimensions, which is lots of variety of light and wisdom and lots of different kinds of beings are from all different dimensions, but then you also get access to all your memory. Mm -hmm. And this has been measurable for me. It, it, like when I was in college, um, which seems so long ago at this point, but uh, when I was in college, I, I would have a lot of memories come through, but I didn't really know what they were until I had uh, a job with a mystic and she taught me that what I was perceiving were actually memories. And along the way, using those processing techniques, going into the fear, going into the frequency of the trigger, getting to know it, welcoming it, allowing it, experiencing it fully, and then allowing it to move through you like a waterfall so that once you're finished, you'll feel that expansiveness, which is the light that it was made of. So that's the job. By using that job, by using that technique, which is merging, it's mystical merging with what is dense or dark or evil or difficult, in front of us what is causing the fear or the panic and so when you merge with it it has no power over you anymore then you know it you understand it once that occurs that light that it's made of is allowed again into your field and then you embody the wisdom of that trash bag because <laughs> that trash bag's full of wisdom loads of it tons of knowledge and wisdom when all the trash bags get moved out of the way you get access to the whole house. The human body, it maintains that house. It's a 12-dimensional house. And a lot of people get this concept of ascension a little bit wrong because ascension implies that you're leaving something behind, that you're ascending away from something. But dimensions don't work like that. We call them higher dimensions but they're not, it's all one big circle. And in fact, I always point out to people, no one ever mentions the first or second dimension, but they're just as important. Access is really what the job is. Access to the whole house, access to all the dimensions, access to your memories as a soul, because then it's not getting run through any trauma or ego, and it's very pure. Furthermore, the light, the light that comes through you is more pure then. It's not distorted by the trauma. It's not distorted by the ego anymore because you've moved all the trash out of the way. That light becomes very pure and it begins to affect the 3D reality, which is much easier for us to perceive. It affects the 3D reality. 
people lately keep telling me, oh, you're, you're glowing more than you ever have. I'm not surprised, even though I don't really notice it, but I'm not surprised at all. That's just another measurable example of the light being less distorted because I've been working on a whole bunch of stuff. So it, there's going to be measurable results. Some of the other measurable results are that our family members begin to change a lot because you're not going to be in reaction, ego to ego, trauma to trauma, panic to panic anymore. You're going to be functioning from the soul in charge, which is going to be very pure. Furthermore, with this sort of vantage point of what is the task at hand, why are fear and panic actually to your advantage? Because they're showing you exactly what the next trash bag is in that moment. Not in the past, not in the future. In that moment, it's going to show up. And that trash bag, a lot of times, isn't even yours. So a lot of this panic is simply the memories, the epigenetic, uh, epigenetic memories of our ancestors around plague and famine and siege warfare and all manner of wild things that have happened to humanity. <laughs> and it's been a wild ride. And, you know, some... There, there's been some points in human history, a lot of people don't know this, early, early on in human history, there was a plague that came through and wiped out every single human except for 2,000 people. There were 2,000 human beings left, homo sapiens, 2,000 left. And from them, we are the ancestors of those folks. Imagine that initial trauma from that amount of people dying and us not knowing if we're going to make it as a species, that is trauma there. And that's coming up. So all the trauma from the plague, from the plagues and the famines and the warfare, all that trauma is being revealed. It's not just one layer at a time anymore. It's the whole thing. And that's unique. It used to over half a million years be really one layer at a time for us to try to manage it's been slower and now it's fast but it's harsh it's intense it feels like agony for a lot of people yesterday alara i was scrolling through the news because i do like to uh, clock i track i track it's another mystical term i track different things that we might call that are dark or light and so i track this stuff so I'm scrolling through the news and I see this, somebody had taken a, fr a freeze frame of a woman's face as she was attacking someone for standing too close to her, right? Another sensationalism that is, pulls people into their fear. And normally the matrix that used to exist and it really doesn't in the same form whatsoever now it's just programs left really um the that that fear would have been consumed by those tapped into it whether they are human or not and now um and that's how they keep functioning they're, they're continuing to play that role perfectly perfectly with great refinement um, but what they've missed is that their structure isn't working the way it used to now people's fear is not getting you know immediately sucked up and magnified so easily unless someone has simply not 
had the privilege, it is truly a privilege to have these tools. So here's this woman, right, who's attacking someone and they have a freeze frame of her face. She looks possessed. But I don't, I saw past that and I said, oh my goodness, I can see very clearly. She, she doesn't, she's, she's in agony. She's in agony. This love is too much. It hurts and she's resisting it. That's what resistance looks like was her face. It looked like agony. And I thought, okay, this is, this really <laughs> divided people into a final last polarity. Those that don't have the tools, maybe not yet, maybe they won't, but they're still learning no matter what as a soul. Those that don't have the tools they need and they are allowing the fear to get continued and growing the trash bags in their field until it's going to be unbearable. And they're going to have to do something about it. They might reach out for help from one of us. They might try to learn. They might be forced into a spiritual path because of this. And, or, or not. And so either way, it's perfect. And then there's those of us who've had the privilege to have this consciousness and these tools. And we're in love. We're in love. We're in love with fear. We're in love with panic. We're in love with suffering because we know how valuable it is, how much it advances us when we go into it and we recognize it and feel that truth in you because it's, it comes from our original ancestors. You see the original human beings on this planet were enlightened. They didn't have any trauma or fear. They didn't have any ego. And so when they would get hurt, physically, emotionally, spiritually, when, that, when suffering would occur, they were amazed by it. They were fascinated with it. That's where we're going back to. That's more natural. They functioned as one mind, one heart, one gut. In fact, you can see remnants of that still in, for example, the Kungsan people of Central Africa, a hunter-gatherer group. Not only is their gut biome thousands of times more diverse than ours who live in modern society, which means that their gut biome is intimately connected, their body is connected to the earth and each other, one body, connected to the animals that they are with, that they live in symbiotic relationship with, connected to the plants. They have also one heart. They can feel each other. They can feel the animals and plants as well and their knowledge and wisdom. And they have one mind. The Kungsan people are famous for psychically hunting. They don't hunt like what we think of as hunting. They're psychic hunters. If they, if they have an agreement psychically with an animal that this hunt is going to occur, they hunt not through 3D tracking alone, but through the gut, the heart, and the psychic connection and the pure love they have for that animal. And the chase is simply part of the healing of the relationship between them. And the sacred hunt ends up becoming an act of oneness. This is similar to what we're going to be experiencing in the future. If we keep our heads very clear, 
because right now we're in the middle of a wreckage field. It's like I can I can see it very vividly as a literal wreckage field. I see like bent up giant huge pieces of metal which used to be our financial system. <laughs> like big old twisted if everyone if anyone's seen these pictures of tornadoes happening in the south um I'm I'm here in Kentucky and if you you know every once in a while we'll drive past something and a tornado has hit for example, and they can take the roofs, the metal roofs off the top of a barn and it turns it into a spiral and it's insanely powerful. And that's what it looks like. It looks like that, that the divine has come through and from the ground up, from the depths of the ocean up has turned all of this, what was oil on the water really. It seemed so strong. It seemed so real, the matrix and all these systems. It seemed so unbreakable. It has been twisted into wreckage like a hurricane. And now we're walking through this going, okay, where are we headed here? And we're carving a path through this. <laughs> and we've got to reuse some of this stuff to rebuild new structures as one species. Again, we haven't had the opportunity to do this at a global scale before. So here we are, here we are. And what are we seeing as our goal? The masculine and the feminine, like two great doors working together to open into the golden age. And the golden age is where we work as one mind, one heart, one body, as one species to take our position back at the table of the galaxy as a sovereign being and say, I am here, I have a voice, and I have a message of unconditional love and universal compassion and consent. Don't leave out the consent part. A lot of the species in the galaxy, they don't have any concept of these three things. No concept of consent, which is why the whole issue of abduction even exists because it's a massive cultural difference between us and those who are doing that work but that universal compassion that says the only requirement for you to be loved is that you exist doesn't matter what you've done doesn't matter what you've said who you are you are loved. And this is something we're going to have to really nail down because the structures that be, those that make plans that seem to go against light, all of them are going to need this from us. They're going to need us to show them this, that this is possible, that they can be loved, that they can have compassion, that they can learn consent and that they are part of us. And so this is the goal we're shooting for. So in your life, if you can bring it back down to what seems like the personal, and that's the wonderful illusion that we get to enjoy, is finding our way from the personal to the universal. If we can go into your pain each moment, go into the suffering, find the fear, the fear is showing you the road, the, the road that's gonna take you higher faster than ever before 
if you're willing to go into the fear, then it will be revealed that it has no power over you. If only you're willing to know it. And then there's more physical healing that will occur. I just got to do this little session with this beautiful woman uh, a couple hours before this call. And we went into different parts of her body that had trauma. And I wanna give people this skill set right now, this skill. Make yourself very small and then go sit in parts of your body. So for the ladies, sit in your power center, your womb, your womb space, the, the hip space. Men, sit in your heart and do this every day and ask yourself, what's the first thing I see when I'm sitting there? Don't let your mind get in the way and say, oh, you're just making it up, blah, blah, blah. That's not true. You can't make anything up new. Source already made it all up. You're just seeing what's available. Furthermore, imagination is the third eye. So if your brain says, oh, it's just your imagination, you can say, yes, yes, it is. <laughs> that is my third eye. And so go and sit in the parts of your body where the pain shows up or the fear or the panic. And go sit, especially in your power centers. And see, ask yourself, what's the first thing I see? Sometimes it's a color, sometimes it's a form, sometimes it's a picture. It's going to be all sorts of different things. Sometimes you'll just feel stuff and maybe not see it so much. That's okay, too. And then you're going to ask yourself, well, how does this feel here? Because you're going to use your mind, heart, and gut. How does this feel here? So you're figuring out what the frequency is. You don't always have to name it. Our brain gets in the way and says, well, I have to have a name for this. No, you don't. You just need to feel it. And then you're going to welcome it, whatever you see. So let's say, uh, for example, when I went into my womb, finding that I needed to get down there real deep and start digging out whatever craziness was inside my power space, I, I saw it looked like black mud or, or tar. Well, instead of being like, ew, ah, this is gross, horrible. I went into it, dove right in and said, I welcome this black tar of worthlessness in my root now. And then you take a big deep breath. And that black tar, it dissolves, it dissolves. And the picture will change. And then you're going to say, all right, now what do I see? Now what do I feel? And then you welcome that and again and again until it becomes much lighter. And it will. It will every time. It doesn't fail. And this is the beauty of the privilege of these tools is that you can't fail when you are willing to merge with this stuff. Then it's going to be revealed so fully this light that it's really made of. It was always made of light. It only didn't look like because it was under pressure, worthlessness and pain, suffering and panic, fear are, it's pressure. And anything under pressure, well, it looks dense. That's why the light can't get through. It needs to be known. It, it's in resistance. And when you're willing to allow it and fully know it, it it reveals itself, the, true, the truth of it, and then no more worthlessness in your body. And then this then creates healing, a lot more healing, because all this light's going to be pouring in. And so 
my body went through massive purge. It started releasing all kinds of stuff. My skin blew up. I've been like itching like for three months and nonstop and my skin's breaking out all over the place, all over my body. It's incredible. <laughs> um, but that's exactly what ought to happen. It's all coming to the surface. It wants to be released. And so there's healing going on as well. You'll be physically finding massive amounts of change happen in your body. And you can do this with every single one of your organs systematically from head to toe, go through all of your body and do it. And then, you know, you can do this, of course, with any of your traumatized selves. There might be versions of you that need some help that are pounding on the door of your subconscious, running the show because their needs haven't been met. Meet with them. Find out what do you see? What do you feel? Welcome it with them. Give them a new sense of lightness so they're understood. And then they can come home into your heart and rest and be at peace in oneness with you and source. So this is where we're at right now. And of course, I jumped right into all this other stuff, Alara. Thank you for letting me. But the this is the bigger picture as, as I see it. And I hope that this will be very revealing for you who's, who are hearing it and that it's a message that will lift you up because there's immense amount of creativity and joy to be created here. And the lockdown of the human species has caused us to need to go inside of ourselves to take a look. And those who are in resistance to what they perceive are in this state of agony. But it doesn't have to stay like that. There is this door opening, this opportunity that's unique for all of us. And so the more you do for yourself, of course, that light's going to start affecting all these other people around you, some of whom you'll never really meet because your field is much bigger than it seems. It's going to touch people. You know, you're going to walk through a grocery store like this beautiful sweeping energetic of light and love and and it's so pure, it's so powerful. Um, don't be surprised if there's reactions <laughs> to your presence or your consciousness. It's going to continue to work through you as it should because you're one with the earth. You've always been one with the earth. All the water that's made your body function has never left this planet. And it will never leave the planet until the planet's done existing. So that is part of it too. Anyhow, I just wanted to pause for a moment, Alara, and see if there's anything else that you'd like me to examine. Uh, wow, thank you. That was, that was amazing and brilliant. So, so on point, so relevant right now. And um, I'm just receiving so much information from what you're saying and, and, and relating it back to my life and how, how I am. And, and part of me is like, you know, I know you're talking about, you know, are you willing to look at that fear? Are you willing to go deep into that fear? A lot of times people are not willing to do that. You know, they, and they, I, even sometimes I'm not willing to do it. And I, I go into reaction, I go into resistance and I'm like, what, what's going on here? Right. But the thing is we, when you do look at it, it's going it, to, it has, you have to look at it for it to really fully be acknowledged, right. And loved and healed and cleared. So what, you know, I love how, what you shared about, you know, first of all, remember, not, uh, not all of it is ours, right? So most of it is not ours, right? That's right. 
And so just recognizing that first, that you know what, most of it, <laughs> the stuff that's happening is not mine. So <sighs> I can take a deep breath. You know, it's like, I don't have to get caught up in it. I don't, you know, like into that, into that fear. Most of it's not mine. So it's okay. But then it also, it's about, you know, when you take a look at that fear within you and remember that all of that is also source, creator, God, you know, I was just so humbled when you were talking. It's like, you know, we, we are all loved and supported, not because of what we do and what we don't do, it's because of what we are. And what are we? We are God. We are source, essence, creation, right? We are that. And when you get that, I mean, it brought, it brought tears. So it was such a... I don't know. <laughs> it was something, you know, it's like, oh my God. It's like, and I know it, but when you get it, you know, it's like, I, like, I've always known that, but when you get it, it's like, yeah, you know? And so even that knowledge or that wisdom tapping into that is going to help a lot of people really quickly, I think as well. Right. Because this is about, you know, using this, this fear to our advantage, but it's also about okay, you know, I'm continuing to live in this world, like on this planet, but in the new earth. And how can I do that now with more ease? You know, so I, I so yeah, yeah, I get it. It's not mine. Most of it's not mine. And the stuff that is mine, I'm willing to look at it. Okay. Am I really willing to look at it? I'll try, <laughs> right? I'll try looking at it and I'll try to go, go through the process. And even going through the process, like you said, you were, you know, experiencing all sorts of physical symptoms, you know, and, and reactions, right? And you know it's normal. I know that's normal, but most people would then freak out and say, what's, what's wrong with me? What is going on now? Something else is happening now, right? So they go yeah. back into the fear again. Mm -hmm. So what can you say about that? Yeah, so again, we're so privileged to recognize if we're resisting or if we are unwilling, right? But I I like to take, cause I, it sounds like I'm all gung ho and that I'm like super perfect about going through all this stuff. No, definitely not. Ask my three-year-old <laughs> um, who triggers me more than anybody lately. Cause she's three um, and three-year-olds. I don't know what it is. Everyone says it's terrible twos. It's not true. It's terrible threes. And they're not terrible. She's coming into her sovereignty rights, but she doesn't know how to present her needs with decorum because she's three so you know she comes over to me and says give me some food mommy <laughs> right and so in that moment right the heat of my daughter unknowingly being rude to me might trigger something in me and if i'm willing to at least notice it then I can notice it and I can say, oh, I'm a little triggered by that. All right. Thank you. And, and you put it aside because how are we possibly going to be able to fully process that single trigger, which is leading to a whole room full of trash right that minute when the three-year-old needs food? So, you know, that's a real-time 3D example you can't always do this work right in the moment. Sometimes if you're in a state of unwillingness, if you're in a state of resistance, it's because you need to do some other things like take care of your kids or make some dinner or 
vacuum up something or clean up cat barf or whatever. You know, this is real life. <laughs> this is 3D and, and also all dimensional life. And certainly, you know, no amount of the human species has gotten away from it. We have real physical things that need to be addressed. Now, with that mindset though, if you're just willing to at least notice it, wow, my kid triggers me every time she has got an attitude, then you can make space. And this is the act of the sacred ritual. People completely um, have really not been taught at all, at least in the past few hundred years probably, about the power of ritual. And I wanna give you a, a cool ritual you can do to help yourself create a space where you're gonna address this stuff. Take the time at the end of the day. Even if you're in bed, you can do this. So it doesn't matter where you're at. Maybe it's right before you go to sleep, which is the only time I've got to do any of this really. <laughs> and so I happen to have my own bedroom because I'm so psychic, I can't sleep next to anybody. Um, and so I'm so lucky I can afford that. So I have this bed and I'm going to lay in my bed every night and I ask myself, what are some of the biggest triggers that I noticed today? And I might pick one. Doesn't mean you have to do all 50. <laughs> pick one or find a theme, find a theme, right? And so then what you'll do is you'll say, okay, I'm going to take that one because, you know, Ada, my daughter, she triggered me, you know, 10 times today. Okay, so that one. All right, we're going to go into that. So I bring up the memory, the physical brain memory of the event. And I go into how it made me feel and I pull up that feeling. So then I'm going to ask myself, where is the trigger in my body? And you need to know that because your emotional body and your physical body are married. And the emotional body isn't only in the heart, it's in every cell, it's in your pinky. I've had people in session literally say to me, all my fear is in my pinky right now, what is going on? And I'm like, that's normal, <laughs> it's okay. Because <laughs> um, your emotional body is just showing you a spot where it's holding that, it's holding the structure of that fear or that problem. So then I'm going to find that energetic of my daughter triggering me, which is right here because it relates to my heart and my throat. Cause in that moment, I'm, I'm going, I want to act like how my mother acted, which was very angry. I want to speak from my mind and my reaction and not my heart. So I can feel the trauma of my mother's trauma which blocked her from her heart. I can feel my own trauma. I can feel my grandmother's trauma. And I'm lucky I can see this stuff, but the, the feeling of it's there. And so I'm aware that that was something that my mom had. She had the, the tendency to rage because she wasn't being heard. And so I've held that in my body and, I, and I'd always wanna resist it. Like, I don't wanna be like my mother, right? But that's exactly what I'm gonna got, got to, what I've got to do. So I feel that trauma or I feel the trigger. Okay, there it is. And then I'm gonna set myself there and I'm gonna do the, the exact same other technique. I'm gonna take the, the time in that moment to say, what is it that I see right away there? 
and I see what looks like bookshelves full of papers and piles. And it's all this, it's what I, I'm doing this right in the moment, by the way, (laughs) for you. It's my, it's all the things my mothers and my grandmothers wanted to say and couldn't. And, and now I'm feeling it move up into my tongue and my throat. So I'm going to welcome that right now. I welcome all the things my mothers and grandmothers and myself have always wanted to say and couldn't. And then all this energy moves through my throat. It's moving up into my mouth and through, it's finally moving all the junk out of the way so my heart and my throat can work together like they should, right? So I've welcomed it. And now I'm gonna feel into it. I could feel the tension of it and the, the pain of it. So I simultaneously welcomed that too, figured out the frequency, had a, a cool visual that explained to me obviously what it was and was willing to allow that. And so I welcomed that. But what it did is it unraveled the density of it so that it could open up and I could feel the heat and my saliva started acting up and I could feel this op- this open channel occur, right? And now I'm gonna welcome that. So I'm gonna stay there and I'm gonna ask myself again, what is the first thing I see? What is it that I feel there? And I, f- I see this red, all blood red color moving up from my heart that it's, it's anguish, it's anger and it's desire. And so I'm gonna welcome that. I welcome this anguish, this anger and this desire in my heart and my upper chest and my throat now, right? And again, I feel another lifting, a little bit more lighter, a little more revealing happening. And then I'm gonna welcome that. I welcome this lightness that's occurred from this now. And breathing. So when we make commands or when we make intentions, the breath tells the body through the vagus nerve that this is actually coming from your soul, not from somebody else. It's like a big enter button for your body machine to take these deep breaths and allow and allow, right? So there's still a bit more work for me to do here, but I've just shifted who knows how many trash bags out of the way just now right in front of you so you can see how it looks how it feels and the energetic of it and how fast it can be how intense it is because that was not gentle (laughs) it was pretty intense i'm i'm in teaching mode too so it it helps to refine the energy of it but the the intensity of it's very real and if you can just do that one thing here, it took me what, two minutes or so? While you're laying in bed right before you go to sleep, pick one thing to do. And then you're going to find the next morning, how open, how free that part of you is, whatever part of it it was that you addressed. That's how you're gonna deal with not wanting to do this stuff right in the moment or not having the time, the willingness, or the space, or the capability in that same moment, 
or maybe that whole day you needed a break from processing and you needed a little vacation. Great. Take that. Do it. Take time. We all do need these plateaus. You know, you're, we're climbing a mountain energetically. It gets steeper and steeper and steeper in many ways. The ego and the trauma get more and more heavy and unbearable. And when we drop a whole bunch of it through great effort, you're going to need a, a space where you can take a little rest, a little plateau, turn around and look at the view, the new view from higher up, a little more connection to the global and the universal has occurred. Revel in it, enjoy it. You don't have to process every single waking moment. Exactly. It's impossible. Yeah, it's not 24 seven healing and clearing. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, please. Yeah, you can take a break. Um, Absolutely do. Mm -hmm. So Elizabeth, there's some questions people have. You wanna take, take a few questions? I'd love to. So Caroline ha has her hand raised. Go ahead, Caroline. Oh, an opportunity to speak to my sweet Elizabeth. Absolutely. <laughs> you, lovely. Again. So I do feel like I'm processing 24 seven. Yeah. And I went, even when you were doing that, I yawned and yawned and yawned and I felt it as you felt it. And so there's no, there's no not being me, right? That's just me. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, I'm with you. And some people, some people are going to find that's their nature. And for me, I process 24-7. I don't really take breaks. Not really. I just told everybody they can and they should if they want to. Um, for me, I, I can't. I can't take breaks. And the reason why is because I per preferred as a soul to do this hard and fast and to come in as Elizabeth right now with as much um, momentum as possible. A lot of people have felt, especially those who are 50 years old and up, a lot of people have felt like they've had a bungee cord wrapped around them this whole time and they couldn't go full blast until now. And that bungee cord for everyone is gone at this point. It's gone. Um, but there's those who came in a lot later, like myself, I'm 37. And I came in w full blast, 100% gung-ho all the way through. I'm the oldest of seven kids, military family. I moved 40 times before I was the age of 30. I seriously have not stopped. <laughs> and, and I can't imagine doing so. And especially for you, Caroline, as a collective empath, part of what happens too to those who can feel the collective mm -hmm. is that they, they, you're processing what everyone else on the planet's processing every day because it's two different processes. There's the process of the personal, and then there's the process happening in your field. And that process in the empath's field is picking up all this density off this planet and shifting it. So the empath is processing every day, all day long, especially collective empaths, because they're constantly giving permission for all these giant, big, huge blockages of junk to be shifted off the planet 
and allowing light to move through too. And they're, they're there meant to be directors of it. All right, you go out of here, whatever you are out of here. <laughs> you too. Oh, that's nice and sparkly and fun. You've got to go somewhere else too, whatever you are. And so um, just notice that Caroline, Okay. Is that there's two processes happening. There's the one that is always the active field, the giant hurricane, and then there's the eye of the storm, the personal process. And if the two get mixed up, just command whatever energetics are ready to go out of the personal field and any attachments to any of these things, because your job is not to identify them. That's my job mm -hmm. as a seer. The empath's job is to simply give it permission to go. So save yourself trouble on that one. Just keep noticing it and saying, whatever you are, I give you permission. You can use my field. Get out of here. And it can be just really simple. But if it feels like it's in too close and you're being overwhelmed by it and you're like, I got to process this first, catch yourself, dear heart, release any dense or dark energy out of my body and field that's ready to go now and then take a deep breath <sighs> fill my whole body and field with pure presence now and then another deep breath and then check again and see if the process is still there in the personal field if it is then you know it's yours if it's not then you've un attached yourself from anything that wasn't and given it a chance to actually use your field to get the job done. So all of you empaths are these beautiful hurricanes of precious sovereignty. Each of you have a field that's so immense. It's, it's difficult to have people really truly know how immense that is. <laughs> your fields really are, but it's doing a massive important job on the planet and the, unattachment from trying to identify it is going to save you a lot of trouble and gave me a lot of good information i have to go because my mother-in-law is in the hospital with kidney failure and we're just waiting for a call so if i may ask just for a prayer for her teresa manzo i spent a lot of hours releasing a lot of her stuff so she mm -hmm. might be on her way out so I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. Thank you. I, I love, love you, Thank you for always allowing me. I love you so much, sister. Bye, Elizabeth. Bye, everybody. Love you. Bye. Um, so I I love what you said about the about you know the empaths who are clearing for the collective, and there are so many of us who are mm -hmm. doing that. But I think a lot of times they don't know that that's what's happening. You know, a, you know, a, a lot of time the, the empaths who are clearing for the collective, they don't know that that's what's happening and they just automatically assume it's all theirs and they're trying to clear it and deal with it and nothing's happening, you know, like it's not working, <laughs> right? Yeah. And then they get frustrated and say, what's wrong with me? You know, like all that wonderful yeah. stuff, right? And they, and they get burnt out, they get, you know, all that wonderful yes. stuff. So it's just interesting for everybody to hear that today. So I'm so glad you shared that because I think, you know, I, I, I don't think you've mentioned that part before, you know, so I'm glad, I'm glad you shared that with us today. Yeah, empaths have a special job and, and, and notice too, um, empaths often feel very traumatized and confused about what they're doing here and why, 
Um, but so do honestly psychics and other skill sets too, because none of yeah. us really are offered any kind of quality training by our cultures. So um, noticing as an empath that you, you know, the difference between what is yours and what isn't, stop identifying it first mm-hmm. and you're gonna save yourself a whole lot of trouble. And then making sure that you can envision those two separate fields, the, the bigger, larger field and the core personal field. And then feeling that you have some semblance of control over your personal field, that living outer field, it's not going to stop spinning. It's not going to stop clearing. And so when you're, of course, in control, I like to use heart commands to do that because the heart space speaks to the whole personal field. So if I tell my heart what to do, it's going to talk to the rest of the body. And also noticing then, of course, if anything's left for you. But I think for empaths, it's so important to feel supported as well, to feel grounded. And the most empaths are also conduits. So getting yourself physically, literally grounded like a grounding rod or a lightning rod, you need to be on the earth, you need to be working with crystals and elements and in the water or in salt water, using gold, which is a great conduit. You can consume gold, you can wear gold, you can put quartz crystals on your body. All of those are there for you to allow all that excess energy out. And then you'll feel that stillness build from the inside out. The stillness grows. And furthermore, as empaths, all of you are kings and queens. You're kings and queens of that giant throne room, which is your field. Mm -hmm. So whatever comes into your attention is so precious. It's so precious because it's needing to be seen by you but you don't need to identify it. You just need to be aware of it. So is your throne room a welcoming place? Is your throne room a place where all these things can move through your field without any judgment, without any uh, aberration, without any preference? And that's the goal. Um, And so I I just want to encourage the impasse because your work here is so precious. And the last thing is, if you do do some commanding of, and clearing, make sure you always replace it with light because of physics. Most people are not trained to clear and then replace. They clear and then they're like, why did it come back? And I always ask, well, did you replace it? Well, no, I didn't. Because most of us aren't trained that way. So replace it. You get to choose the quality of light that replaces whatever you shifted. You're the divine source consciousness coming in, choosing that light. So I, I want to empower you because it's not an easy job. And, um, and I've only in this past year been able to start feeling because I finally freed my heart from my armor. And I thought I was going to lose my mind. I was thinking... I don't know how all these empaths can handle it. I get it now. This sucks. <laughs> um, and then I finally found my niche in this realization of the field and deciding how I was going to function 
from there and using my own advice. And that saved my life, really, because I don't know if I could have made it feeling and seeing all at once. It's a lot. <laughs> it's definitely a lot, for sure, you know. Um, somebody's asking, or Deb was asking a while ago, um, she was doing some clearing work last night, and uh, hopefully I can find the, uh, the question. Uh, but she was asking, how do you clear dimensions? How, yeah, how do you clear dimensions? Okay, so remember how I said that the dimensions are like a house, right? Mm -hmm. So each room in the house is a dimension. So if we're, usually we wake up in these bodies and it's like, oh, I'm in the third dimension, you know, if we're lucky to even think like that. And we don't know who we are. We don't know why we're here. We, it's, it's pretty horrible. It's kind of like waking up from a party and you don't remember how you got there, but the whole room is literally piled to the ceiling in trash bags. What a horrible nightmare to wake up in, right? Mm -hmm. There's, there's human reality in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, and then you have this window, you get one window that you get to look out, you know, whatever you see, there's your life, you know, that you just were born into, really. And so if you're lucky enough to be aware that you need to address these trash bags, and most of us don't get that chance till later on, when we've already started piling more trash bags in the room from our own trauma, when we get the chance to say, enough is enough, I can't live like this. <laughs> And out of desperation, which was my case, finding a way to shift these trash bags out of the way. And at first it was really slow, but it would make me feel a little better and a little better. You know, the PTSD was like a mountain and it felt impossible to move rock by rock. But it's incredible. After a while, you start making a dent. And so it's emotional processing emotional processing of your trauma is going to start moving these trash bags out of the way they unravel they start to give you information they start to reveal and then voila there's this big trash bag one day and you, you shift it you process it and then there's this whole other room and that is a very physical a very physical thing the entering into another dimension, the access to more room. Yeah. And you didn't leave the 3D behind. You're just building on your access. Yeah. And then you do it a little more and a little more and then <gasps> another dimension. And so what happens to people when they actually get access to these rooms is, as I'm saying, it's very real, it's physical. You feel lighter, you feel bigger, you feel more one with everything around you. A lot of people end up with first contact. They start to see new beings and guides. They start to have interaction that they didn't have before. They have new clairs coming online, new skill sets that'll come. They remember more. And then a little more and a little more and a little more. So I've been pushing, pushing into the ninth dimension and it's been so hard. It has been exponentially harder than all the other rooms combined. And so expect that, expect that. And I was told that that would happen by the enlightened people who'd been carving that path out. So we can all help each other out. We're all, we're all at the edge of this navigation of consciousness. We're all on the cutting edge. All of us, all of you are. So 
that's how you get access. That's how you clean up all the rooms so you get access to the whole house. Then what happens is once you have the whole house, then you're going to say goodbye to the house mm -hmm. eventually. <laughs> and, and so I haven't got there yet, but I have seen people attain that state. And that's what we call enlightenment. Yeah. But there's, there's levels to even enlightenment. There's supreme enlightenment even. Yeah. Where there's not the even a house. Yeah, where, where you, yeah, it's all, it's, you know, there's no mind left. There's no personality left anymore. What we might see as a human being is pure source mm -hmm. at that point. And that's when miracles often will occur and people get deemed a saint real quick on that one. Mm -hmm. but, but that's the process. That's how you clean up so you get access to the dimensions. Awesome. Good. Thank you. So, uh, Deb, hopefully that helped um nicole has her hand raised nicole <clears throat> i'm gonna go ahead and unmute you hello yes can you hear me yeah go ahead hey elizabeth <laughs> nice to talk to you yeah likewise it's nice to sit in on one of your classes um so you and i have known each other for a while um and you know that i have some particularly strong issues around fear mm -hmm. Um, or have had they're getting they're getting slightly better um, after many 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 years of processing and working with that um, so my question has to do really with the extremities of fear um, essentially when the body um, goes into like a, a death throes like yeah. it, the fear is so strong that the body thinks it's dying yes. um, and so it so it does this whole clamping down thing um and that in my experience is almost impossible to stay with as it's as is actually happening i mean you, you basically have to be willing to die um and not many bodies i think are actually willing to do that when it's yeah even when it is their their time so i'm wondering if you have any suggestions around that um and um yeah so the first thing that makes that comes to mind is and i i relate i relate um the first thing that comes to mind is that in that moment the extreme fear can turn into trauma of course which is what normally happens yeah and with this level of consciousness we're talking about um i think that the detachment from the embodiment at that moment is a survival mechanism that's very important. Yeah. And that detachment from the body at that time, if you can't talk it through and say, it's okay, this isn't gonna kill you. If we keep going, we'll find our way out of this. Um, if the body can't listen, cause it's too yeah. traumatized, right? Yeah. Then to step out of the body and, that is okay. A lot of times um, in psychology, it gets shamed. Oh, you're yeah. detached. And that's not true. In mysticism, it's incredibly important. You give yourself a chance to have a vantage point that's very important. It is an other dimensional vantage point. Mm -hmm. And so I believe and have used that detachment to save myself from causing more psychic damage to my light bodies than is needed in that moment right and yeah. i think from that position then 
I save myself from the damage, but then eventually the body's going to get into a calm enough state where you can get back in and then try to gently, very gently go in and do a little teeny weeny bit of welcoming and a little more baby, baby welcomes, little baby welcomes. And then see if that can heal a little bit of the connection with the soul and the body because at that moment then the body's saying i'm i'm either gonna die and you're gonna get kicked out of me mm-hmm. or you can detach while i go through this and then we'll try to do it together later right right right, right. does that feel right yes <laughs> yes and and i really thank you i really appreciate the validation of dissociation um as a sane mechanism in those times um because you know, while, while I, I, I think the acceptance of dissociation as a, you know, intelligent mechanism is growing within the psychotherapeutic community, the understanding of that is non-existent within the spiritual community. Um, and the acceptance of that isn't pretty much non-existence, non-existent. Um, so I really appreciate hearing that. Um, and I know I'm not alone because I work with a lot of people, you know, in extreme fear. And, um, uh, so, you know, I know, I know that there are a lot of folks out there who have similar issues. And, Absolutely. Um, this is, I, I'm hugely appreciative to you for, um, you know, kind of bringing this out and, and stating this, um, awesome. because I, I agree, I agree. And it's, it's really nice to have those kind of extreme defense mechanisms validated. I'm so glad to hear it too. We did it together. We revealed it. Yeah. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, you, Nicole. Thank you, Laura. Thank you. All right. So um, I know we have some more hands raised and some more questions, but I just want to take a few moments and talk about the special offers that you have available for us this time, Elizabeth. So for those of you who are on the live page, you can just click on special offer. Those of you who are not, you can go to alara.at forward slash show forward slash Elizabeth four. So there are three packages available, package A, B, and C. So Elizabeth, do you want to talk about some yes. of them? Got it covered. Awesome. <laughs> All right. So package A is, I wanted to put together uh, as much audio classes as I could that I felt would help you through some of this. And the first class is really a class that I I called it quantum and galactic anthropology, creating real change. But it's a look at the quantum, it's a look at the galactic and how it affects the human experience. And that's what anthropology is. It's the study of humanity as objectively as you could get while still being human. And so that also leads you into a technique, a way of thinking about human culture and how changes occur. And with that class, there's this energetic download to be able to perceive things a little bit differently than you ever have before and to really see how change works and then claim that change for you. So that class is really special. um, And it's, let's see, about it's it's almost it's about 20 hours of audios in that first package that I put to get pulled together. My classes tend to run fairly long. And then uh, the second set of classes, I've been calling them the multidimensional mastery course. And 
that one is a set of classes which I think would be most useful to you. The first one being around time. We have a lot of misconceptions around time. As someone who studies quantum physics and mathematics and all of these things, I'm going to pull together and I have synthesized the scientific view of time and the esoteric to make it make sense so we can actually use it. But furthermore, um, great ability then to stay present, to use the present as your action point, and even better, how to help all your friends and family stay present without annoying them. <laughs> um, so that's a great useful class. If you are having trouble staying present, need your family and friends to help stay present too. The second one is in that set of seven is equations for enlightenment. These are some of the patterns I've noticed that have been most useful, either mathematical patterns, geometric patterns, and or esoteric uh, consciousness patterns that have helped some of the people I know reach higher states of consciousness, get access to more of those dimensions. And then of course, uh, full body discernment, probably one of the most important things I've ever talked about. How to use your brain, heart, and gut to make decisions. Anything from what ice cream do you wanna eat to where should you move to should, is this thing light made of light or is it false or what? Or if you're watching the TV, to know, feel, and see if it's true or not. And if you've ever wanted to discern truth better, this technique is what I use every day, all day long to live. It's a way to, of life, it turns out. A full body discernment. Then there's a class called Unlocking the Polarities, Unlocking the Inner Realms. Polarities are stepping stones. Uh, we don't need to bypass polarities. We want to know those polarities and then we use the middle ground of the polarities to, to get access to the next set of polarities that need to be addressed. And of course, more oneness. And then there's uh, soul skill sets, which is my talk about all the different soul skill sets I've seen. I'm, I'm like a library. It's my star lineage nature of Lyrans. I'm a living library. And the Lyrans who came from Vega were, were the creators of, of DNA. We're the creators of the embodiment and we wanted access to memory. So being able to have access to the library of consciousness has afforded me this great gift to see skill sets and how they work and how they advance. But even better, instead of just thinking that you only have one set of skill sets and that's it, what if you had the whole library? Well, I wanna give you that chance to have that. And I added a bonus call about how exactly to tell which skill sets are yours that you've already got to know. Like I've spent plenty of time in the psychic section of the library basically. Um, but what about all the other sections? How do I know which one do I know well and that I don't know well? And then there's creating and maintaining spiritual power. It's a talk I did about power. Power is light, light is power. How do you create it? How do you maintain it? What leaks your power out? What causes power to diminish? We talk about that and I like to give real life nitty gritty examples on how that all works. And then there's the most, one of the most important things which when I first started in mysticism, having a mystic as a boss, 
uh, I learned real quick that I didn't know what the rules were. <laughs> I, I jokingly at one point uh, told her that I could shake someone's hand and see into their past. And she said, oh, that's really rude. I was like, wow, I don't know anything. <laughs> I don't know anything. So this talk is spiritual etiquette and equanimity. This new paradigm we're in, it's cultivating equanimity and empowerment. It's the end of the power over paradigm. But the way that we can treat each other and reach equality in equanimity is still valid. So I talk about that etiquette and what you need to know. Um, and then the last part of that package is, and this is for all of them, anyone who joins my community, you get to have a year subscription to come to my monthly live calls that I do on Zoom and YouTube. And that's so precious. We do a lot of wonderful work together and we take the personal all the way up to the collective, all the way up to the universal every time. Um, and then the, the second package is a little different. It's for those of you who might not want to sit through 20 hours of me talking, <laughs> um, which is woven with lots of light, all fun. But package B has a different set of items. The first one is the going to be the class on galactic and quantum anthropology. But the second item is going to be what's called cultivating non-judgment, the art of psychic lenses. And this is both the combination of anthropological training for objectivity and my psychic training that I've received through this lifetime and many others about how to maintain non-judgment and to perceive as much wisdom and value from every situation, even extreme fear. In fact, you'll find that this concept of detachment or disassociation is actually an incredibly useful tool that I call zooming out or vantage point. So you can use disassociation to actually help you see more about the reality or nature of any situation. And so I train you precisely how to do all of that in this particular interactive ebook, which has videos, audios, and lots of beautiful writing and pictures that I designed full of light to help you with this cultivation of non-judgment, not only for everybody else, but for yourself, of course, too. And then the second um, interactive ebook I was making available in the second package is the Fields of Limitation and Limitlessness. There's five programs that we're running. Remember I said that all that's left of the matrix are programs. There's five in particular. I name exactly what they are, how they got there, and how to walk out of them. And when you've walked out, what is going to come replace them? A field of limitless light. So I'll give you a quick example. Right now we're all noticing the fear of death. The fear of death separates us from nature. It separates us from the laws of destruction, which are so valuable and important. The law of destruction by being separated, by causing fear, then we are separated from nature and that makes us better slaves, right? Uh, a slave that fears death is a good slave. You don't find any other beings on this planet quite so afraid of death as humans are. And that's why, because that program's running. So I help you walk out of that. 
and then into a celebration of destruction as part of one of the most wondrous laws of the universe. In fact, I would like to say that destruction is proof that this universe loves us because not one atom, not one particle of consciousness is wasted ever in this universe. So that's a good example, something that you'll learn from this book. Um, and then there's, of course, the access to the community. And everybody also, just for fun, gets a bonus meditation compilation my husband wrote because I just love his music. It's woven full of light and it can help all kinds of healing. Last package, I'm only selling 10 of these, um, is gonna have a 30 minute one-on-one -on -one with me and a group call. And the group calls are powerful, but I noticed a 30 minute one-on-one, -on -one, we can do a lot of really deep work in 30 minutes, but a lot of times to have a follow-up group call around that same subject or another subject then you get to see all the other people's readings and be part of it and and give your input too which is very valuable and important and so i wanted to make sure you didn't just have one 30 minute and then nothing i wanted to have two different things to help you feel supported and get some follow-up on shifts and changes being made so you get clarity so you, it all together is almost an hour's worth of readings from me. And then, uh, then the second package B gets put nicely right in, right underneath those sessions with the third package. And that's the three offerings I wanted to give you access to this time because it, um, I, I have a lot to choose from. I've taught almost, almost 300 classes and I like to go in and say, all right, I'm gonna to talk to Alara, Who, what do the people need? And so we pull it together into something that will be most useful to you right now. And so thank you, Alara, thank you for letting me share that. Oh, it's perfect, thank you. And I'm glad that there are the three different, not levels per se, but three different types of packages that, that way people can, you know, if they're new to you, they can just, you know, put their <laughs> toe in and get package A, right? Um, yes. You know, and, and if they're more familiar with you, they can go into package B and package C. So definitely, you, want, you definitely want to get a chance to get a 30-minute session plus the group call with Elizabeth. So choose package C. That, like I said, or like um, Elizabeth said, there's only 10 spots available. <laughs> so you definitely want to get those. And the thing is, like, in 30 minutes, you know, like Elizabeth shared so much already with us today, including processes that we can start to do, you know, immediately. And some of you have mentioned even in the chat that you were doing the process with Elizabeth at the same time and you were clearing, you were releasing, you were experiencing transformation, right? So I wonder what else is possible for you, right? I wonder. So, um, <clears throat> sorry, my voice is like kind of going a little bit. Um, we're going to just take one or two more questions <laughs> because my voice is going, but not just that, my computer is going to die. I, I have been having issues and so I have a new power thing coming, but it didn't come yet. So we'll, we'll take one or two more questions and then whatever else you want to add, Elizabeth, and then we'll see how much Great. time and how much power oh. I have left. So okay. <laughs> Melissa, I'm going to go ahead and unmute you. I don't know why my voice is suddenly going. <clears throat> Because we did a lot of clearing from the throat, didn't we? <laughs> yes, we did. We definitely did. Um, all right, Melissa, I'll go ahead and unmute you. Hello. And, uh, you know, just I, I hate to be rude, but because we 
I don't know how much power I have left. Um, yeah. Let's, let's, let, let's not go into the story, okay? Okay. Um, <laughs> Elizabeth, can you, all right, can you just check my feet? Hi, Melissa. Hi, sweetie. Can you just check me? I have had uh, an interesting experience, and I'm not going to go into it, but I just... I've I've lost my ability to feel deeply my I my empathic abilities I feel like they're starting to come back but they like disappeared and um this has been really difficult for me for about a week to yeah. even function like I just I've never been a feelingless person and it's just I haven't yeah can you just look at me and see if what happened or What's going yeah. on or what do I need to do to get me back? Because I just feel like I can't, I have no passion to, to do my work in the world anymore. It's like gone. I understand. And how, when exactly did this happen? How long ago? Like a, a week ago. Oh, um, a week. Okay. Yeah. All just right. about eight hang, days ago. Hang on a second. Thank you. All right. So good news. Um, the, okay, the, the earth every day is in a new place in space, very literally, right? And take that into account, Melissa. We're going through something that we can't see or measure, and this is going to pass. Um, there is like an episode of Star Trek Next Generations where Deanna, the empath, suddenly loses her ability and she doesn't know why, and she feels blind, and she feels like she can't do her job anymore, and she literally tells Captain Picard she's going to resign, right? That is you right now. However, just like that show, just like that episode, it was simply a new place in space they were in. Once they moved out of there, bam, it came back. Just wait and be patient. Welcome the discomfort of feeling blind. Welcome the discomfort of feeling blind. It's also going to lead to a few different past lives where you are in embodiments that your heart got shut down, especially masculine embodiments where you were an empath, but you wore a lot of armor and it caused this feeling of not being able to feel, not having any passion and then end up doing all kinds of crazy things because you can't function, right? And so that's some trauma that will come in uh, after you get out of this place in space that will come in for you to go in and pick through an address systematically when you're ready. Be patient and just welcome this very strange, weird, numb feeling. Hang out with it. It won't last. Okay. That's, I, I feel, I feel good already. I'm just, <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, I mean, it's just the awareness of, okay, because it, it just felt like this time jump, too, almost, you know, it was like yeah. a, something really weird, so thank you, and um, you got it. that's huge, I don't want to take up any more time, I just, oh, I'm so fine. grateful. You go, lady, you're, you're right on track, stay put, hang tight, it'll get better. All right, I just want to keep doing my work, and that's what I was concerned about, okay? Yes. Thank you, Melissa, yeah, keep doing your work. <laughs> thank you thank you all right uh, we're gonna go to and if somebody had written something in the chat just type it back in again okay so we're gonna go to alice alice i'm gonna go ahead and unmute you hello hi elizabeth i am thrilled hi, to alice. with you i uh recently sent you a couple emails so this is really nice to meet you awesome 
Um, I have multiple sclerosis. I walk with a cane. My body is really weak right now. And I was introduced to your work three weeks ago and I'm so grateful. But my question is around, I keep on getting like, I'm, I can do the work right now, but then I get like, maybe I shouldn't because of the, 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 the limitation that I am, you know, like, I don't want it to be too intense for me, but there is a lot going on. And I, I, I'm still at a point where I'm just getting, I don't know, some days I can go for it. Some days I'm like, nope. And I'm not even focused. I can't even sit down and do a to-do list. I'm all over the place. Yeah. Um, I want you to do a heart command with me real quick. So okay. drop into the heart and we're going to command something out that I'm seeing. And everybody can do this with me. So we'll drop in the heart. We'll say, dear heart, and repeat after me, would you? Dear heart, dear heart. please lift all this static. Please lift all this static. All this confusion. All this confusion. And anything maintaining the static. And anything maintaining the static. Out of my whole body and field now. Out of my whole body and field now. Take a deep breath. And now let's replace it. Dear heart. Dear heart. Fill my whole body and field. Feel my whole body, fill my whole body and field. With presence and clarity now. With presence and clarity now. And another deep breath. Okay, now you look better. So part of what's causing the confusion and the scattered brainness, right? And do you perceive how much lighter it is now? Uh, yeah, I do. But and do I do this every day? Yes, and, and there'll be more, um, but, the, but start here. Start with every in the day in the morning time, commanding out anything that has to do with static, right? Because static is attracted to your body, your body. Yeah, like static planes coming right at me, and it's yes. sticking to me. Precisely, and that's also energetic and psychic too. And so I also want to point out the MS is not stopping you from doing the spiritual work. The MS can be healed through the spiritual work. Yeah. And so, so you know that already, but what's that, the reason why it's been so confusing and why it hasn't seemed like it's helped is because of the static. Yes. That static is unnatural. It's part of, well, it's not, it's part of nature, yes. But it's being created. It's being created. And your body is particularly in a specific frequency that it just goes straight to you. So start I feel with it, that. Man. Start with that. Every morning, command the static out and notice it. If it starts to build up again, you'll be like, whoa, I can feel it building up again. You'll command it out again. What will happen is the body and the heart will get trained up and they'll get conscious enough about not allowing the static to remain and the field will start picking up the static and releasing it before it even gets close to your personal field. So start there. Again, baby steps right now for you, Alice. This, was the, this would be the first one. Use this tool. You can really lean on it right now and you'll start to feel so much more clear and capable and more organized. And that will begin a deeper process where the spiritual work will begin to help you heal. Yeah. 
uh, God bless you, sister. And, and I do want to be part of your group and we'll figure it out. We will. I'm all for it. I can't wait. Thank you, Alice. Thank you. You're God. Love you. <laughs> love you too. Thank you. I Alice. that. Thanks. Good work. So the thing is just, just to remember you're commanding the static out and then you're filling up with, uh, presence and presence light and clarity. clarity, presence and clarity, right? Yes. Awesome. And people Good. will notice the static will build up, especially when you're reading the news or watching news or TV. Oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Good. Thank you for that. All right. Mm -hmm. we're, we're going to, let me see here. Uh, there was a question a while ago about, um, from Becky, can you expand a little bit on the conduit that, you know, as empaths were a conduit, can you expand a little bit about that? Yeah. On that? So we gotta be very literal about this, right? The body's mainly made of water. It acts as a natural conduit of electromagnetic energy, which is, for example, why lightning hits trees. Trees are full of water. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, we're actually going to act that same way. Meanwhile, human beings, they went from that hunter-gatherer, super psychic, totally one with nature, all of that mind, body, heart, gut, all of that oneness, right? to living in houses that are not natural, <laughs> the brand new environments that are up off the ground, uh, brand new things called shoes, mm -hmm. concrete, asphalt, cars, and all these things that keep us off, up off the ground. And so like, for example, Alice could immediately start being barefoot as much as possible and she's gonna find a very different energy in her body because that static won't necessarily like to get attracted to her. So all that energy, all this powerful energy is moving through us. Some people it's magnified immensely because some of that information and energy is that it's information trying to get from point A to point B and it needed you to get there. And it wasn't for you. you it needed to move through your field, through your heart space, through your body to get somewhere else. And so many of us who are conduits, if we are not physically actually bare grounded on the planet or having salt water, quartz, gold, trees, helping us to shift that excess energy that's going to build up, build up like a lightning rod that's not grounded. And what happens? It discharges. And for us, that looks like a panic attack. It looks like losing your temper it looks like having a episode of losing your mind or whatever and so we then then we feel horrible even though we feel free of it then we feel awful because we didn't really help anything and so then the cycle starts again so to save yourself the trouble make sure every single day for at least 10 minutes if not much more get yourself bare on the earth get your hands in the ground hug trees get rocks on your body consume or wear gold gold is very good for the dna it helps to release a whole lot of um, energy without you having to be bare on the ground take this very literally many of you are conduits and you have had those times when you had a nervous breakdown and that was why it's not your fault it's just that again we aren't trained in these skill sets by our societies and cultures anymore about what to do about this and again, much of that info isn't yours. It's trying to get somewhere, just like the empath field. Mm -hmm. 
Awesome, thank you. So thank you for that question, Becky. One, two more quick questions and that, that's it. So we're gonna okay. go to Hema and then we're gonna go to Janet. So Hema. Hi, hello, thank you for taking my call. Mm -hmm. Hi there, Hema. Hi, um, I'm in a very confused state. I'm, I'm seeing a great opportunity coming from this crisis and it's like, personally I'm going through it and I'm seeing it outside of me. I've been working, you know, I see past lives and I've been doing a lot mm -hmm. of healing, but what, however you can help me in this moment, sometimes I have this feeling that it's never ending. Hmm. Well, the universe is never ending, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, I want you to find, so what you're actually perceiving, Hema, is the universe containing all things. And it looks exactly like that, an infinite, infinity sign. It's all going back on itself because source is trying to get it to know itself. It's trying to get to know what is love in this universe, among many things, and it requires the individuated illusion of our experiences to do so that's what you're perceiving don't resist it go into it allow it and what you'll find is that it'll open up into the universe containing all things and then you're going to get the chance to perceive the void the void is between universes it's non-existence and if you need a break Hema Go to the edge of the universe in your consciousness and hang out and gaze into the void. It's very peaceful there. Your ego won't like it very much, but that's okay. Ego can have a lawn chair and a margarita and everything will be fine. And you just hang out with the void. Allow the, the presence of non-existence to give that sense of, oh, there is an end. There is an edge to this universe of endless processing and healing. And then... If you don't want to go necessarily to the void, go into a black hole, literally. Go with your consciousness, go on a little vacation into a black hole. Don't let it scare you. You'll find it's quite peaceful there. It's like the void. You get into the first dimension in the black hole. Void doesn't exist inside the universe, but the black hole's real close to source in that it's the first dimension, it's the primal, it's before anything becomes in relationship. And that's also a peaceful place where you can finally feel like there is an end to all of this <laughs> in that primal field. And so those are my two peaceful places I go when I'm like, oh, this isn't gonna stop. <laughs> I go into the stillness of the first dimension or go hang out next to the void and find some peace. And I hope that will help you too, Hema. Thank you. I'll, I'll try it. As, as you're saying it, I had tears in my eyes. I could feel it already. Thank you. I'm so awesome. glad. Good. Thank you, Hema. Good one. Um, all right. So we're going to go to just, we're going to go to Janet really quickly. Let me find you, Janet, one second. I will mute you. Yeah, Janet. Okay. Go ahead, Janet. Hi, Elizabeth. Hi, how are you? Great. Hi, we've worked together in the past. And yes. uh, um, actually, I have two things, but I don't want to take up too much time. Um, so on a on a personal level, um, I've been doing the work that you had, and I started together working on the epigenetic history of the, the kinds of suffering that I was also here to heal. Um, yes. And I and I know that that's not a one shot thing. I've been doing it, but I want to see if there's anything I'm missing because I've had the last six weeks, um, a lot of uh, physical illness. and 
I have a feeling there's a shift or something new. I think it may be connected to um, clearly to the collective, uh, but I really like to that, make sure there's nothing I'm missing. Um, no, you're not missing it. The, the illness is related to, you've done a lot of work, by the way. Good job. Thank you. Good job, Janet. Jeez. It's very open. Um, you're getting into some real old history. You're getting into like pre, you know, pre-writing. <laughs> you're getting into some prehistoric history in your DNA. And part of it is going to be some of the original ancient diseases and the suffering that came from being confused about that back when people didn't know about cells and germs and anything, and they thought it was the gods hating them or something, right? Um, and there's that there's a separation that had happened at that time where the people who were in very great amounts of uh, separation from nature at that moment. It wasn't, it was bef it was after they'd left nature as hunter gatherers. So they were still in, in stasis in what we might call societies or little townships. And the, a disease would come through new diseases because they were pastoralists. They'd been, they were living with animals, right? So a lot more mutations going on when that happened. And at that time, a disease might come through the town, right? And wipe out a few, a whole lot of people sometimes. And everyone would start to feel that God hated them, Janet. And so underneath all of that, the illness is showing up as part of the purging of it, as a part of the purging of the fear of disease by welcoming it and talking to the disease um, and getting to know it and getting to know the illness, but also not um, uh, finally healing the polarity of God hates me. I, I, I am not supported by God. And ending that feeling of not knowing and feeling ignorant and feeling separate. So we're naming some things. Ignorance, separation, God doesn't love me. I don't know what's happening to me or why, right? Does that feel right? It, yes, and it feels like it's connected to the collective of what's going on right now. And oh, on a, no. oh, yes, I think so. And right. And so that's what I was feeling was connected to it, the current collective as well. Um, but one of the things that's making great sense to me about is it brought up and I, I did work on it, but it brought up issues of feeling invisible, of not being seen, not mattering. Right. And I was working on that in terms of the lifetimes that I know, but you're saying this is taking to a much more, uh, really a primitive state. Of, very. Uh, feeling, right? Yeah, very medieval, right? Like uh -huh. early medieval. So that means that's how far back you've gone in your clearing work for your, for your that's lineage. That's very cool. That's very, very cool. cool. Um, can I, and I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. Uh, anything else you recommend relative to that? I, I don't want to, no, you're on the right track. And if you have more questions, email me. I will, thank you. I have a, mm -hmm. one comment question about what you said earlier for everyone. Um, because I think this is really important when you were talking about early on about the activation of the feminine, what's happening at the root and then moving up to the heart for the masculine. It felt really important to me uh, that you spoke to that because how I understand this is that as that masculine gets activated in men and women, uh, as the heart gets activated to, for the masculine aspect of us, that that will allow for the protection of the divine feminine 
because of the, the value that the masculine holds for that and the true function of the masculine relative to that, that That's then collectively that, that interweaving of the masculine and feminine is going to be what is necessary with regard to the heart to override um, some of the difficulties in the darkness in the, in the world. You nailed it. The, the attributes of the feminine are creation and destruction, and the attributes of the masculine are preservation and integration. Mm -hmm. And then we have the whole, and you are so correct, so right, and we need our men to help rebuild this planet, and we need them to be uh, seen. They need to feel heard and seen and understood just as we have needed that as well, and we can give this gift to each other. You nailed it. Thank you. I appreciate that. And thank you for your help. And thank you thank for you. Janet. Thank you, Janet. All right. Thank you. All right. So um, I know that uh, Sylvia has a question, but I can't take it. I don't want to like get cut off in the middle of Elizabeth talking or me downloading the video and audio. So Elizabeth, <laughs> is there anything else that you can add to today's conversation? I mean, you've given us so much, you know, to think about, to process, you know, d different uh, processes that we can use to clear out some of the stuff and simple. I, I love that. You know, really easy. So is there anything else that you can share with us that can, you know, again, help us to assist us to recognize that this is a time of opportunity for us? Yes. So what this rising up of the actual original template of this experiment has also done is it's awakened all of the elementals. So all the super ancient beings that were here at the very beginnings of time are online. They're wandering the earth. They don't have an agenda. They're here simply because they are full of wisdom and knowledge, they don't have any skin in the game exactly, but they're available. So speak to them like great dragons and beings, um, Ents, you know, from Tolkien, uh, all, you know, the, the elven races, the fairy realms, all of these are open, it's there, they're, it's all available, it's been pouring out, a lot of people have been seeing this stuff, it's, it's very clear, a lot more contact happening. Um, be willing to create dialogue with the elementals, with the elements, with these realms, and they'll continue to help you because they're always there to ask questions. They're, they've got their own things that they're interested in. Um, but the human experiment is kind of happening alongside of all of that, which has been awakened. And so you have this opportunity, all of you, we all have it to be able to communicate that way. Talk to the animals, talk to the plants, talk to the viruses, talk to the bacteria, the yeast, the fungi, all of your cells, talk to your body, talk to your organs. Continue the dialogue, mind, heart, and gut, every single day with everything that comes into your awareness, into your attention, follow the threads of frequency, welcome them you're all on the right track. You're all on the cutting edge. Whatever's happening to you at the moment is exactly perfect at the moment for where we're at in this point in time. And there is nothing that is imperfect about what is unfolded. It's incredibly refined. It's so, it's so refined, it's humbling. Take advantage of this. This is the most precious time for our species that's ever happened. 
Awesome. Beautiful. Thank you so much. And for those of you who have not had a chance to work with Elizabeth, um, definitely take take a look at the packages that she has available for us at alara.at forward slash show forward slash Elizabeth four. There are three, three ways you can work with Elizabeth, package A, B, and C. I would definitely recommend highly to work with package C so you can get a 30 minute session with Elizabeth plus the group call, which again, you get another 20 minutes <laughs> with Elizabeth. So that comes out to like 50 minutes. So you definitely want to um, take advantage of that. And if you're new to Elizabeth, check out package A. There's so much information there. So, so much that you can learn and start to use in your day-to-day -day life to get you to the next level. I hate to, I hate that word, but you know what I mean? To upgrade. Okay. Give you more access, right? <laughs> yeah. To give you more access to yourself and to give you more access to consciousness, etc. Right. So definitely this was awesome. I loved it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We do have to go because I'm at 20% and there's no guarantee. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Alara. Oh, thank you. Thank you, family. So where can you find the package? Alara.at forward slash show forward slash Elizabeth four. But if you're on my email list, you're going to get the replay. All right. So obviously you got the links for today's call. So you're going to get the replay email and it'll have the links for that as well. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Good. Thank you for asking. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Much love and blessings, everyone. Until next time, may you continue to be blessed with an abundance of joy, peace, love, happiness, prosperity, and radiant health. Bye for now. Namaste. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.